There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the second ever live edition of Switch on Pop coming at you right here on Block Island. Good people of Block Island, can you make some noise, please? I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And the last time we did a live episode, we had so much fun, we were discussing at that time what was the song of the summer and at first we were like maybe we should replicate that for for this next edition of our live show impossible there there was no debate zero this year there was only one song that could possibly be the song of summer i think we all know what it is There was really no point in having a, a debate over the song of summer. So we've decided to go on a slightly different tack. We are going to be comparing two songs today as we sit in our identical gingham <laughs> shirts here. I, uh, I realized that maybe these two songs have a certain similarity as well. They're both on the pop charts right now. And I want to break down with you, Charlie, and with our friends and babies here today. I want to break down a song by Kesha called yes. Praying. And I also want to talk about Believe by Imagine Dragons, two anthems of resilience at a time when I think we could all use a little bit of resilience. Yeah, I'm sorry to correct you. It is Believer. Believer. The last time we heard from Kesha, we were treated to uh, one of the great free spirits in popular music, someone whose first chart success started like this. This is TikTok from 2009. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, girl? my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Because when I leave for the night, I coming back i'm talking pedicure on our toes toes trying on all our clothes clothes boys blowing up our phones phones 
It's been five years now since Kesha released an album, and her first songs since then have just hit the airwaves. Let's just listen to a little bit of one of her new songs, Praying, and we can sort of see the evolution uh, in the ensuing years. Beautiful. So here's the chorus of Praying. I hope you're somewhere praying, praying. Your soul is changing, changing. I hope you find your peace falling on your knees. Praying. It's a real banger. Yeah, we're, we are a long way from the days of brushing your teeth with a bottle of Jack. <laughs> what happened in the ensuing years? This is a, a, a sad tale but it's one that is still ongoing it's it, yep. it began with kesha uh, accusing uh her longtime producer and the and composer she worked with often dr luke who produced right. that song tiktok that we just listened to accusing him of uh sexual and emotional abuse during mm -hmm. their work together uh, in turn dr luke filed a, a countersuit that's yeah, messy against kesha and her mother I think in the the process of this legal uh, back and forth, Kesha has not been able to release any new music for, I think, the last three years now. Yeah, she's been silenced. Yes. So this has been ends of Kesha, obviously, for the, the singer herself. And we as pop music fans have been deprived of her music until... Definitely. Now and this yeah. song, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it, but it definitely seems to be commenting on this intense drama that she's been through the last few years that's yeah. completely upended her life and interfered with her art as right. well. So in the narrative of this, of praying, uh, we have a narrative of overcoming pain, of getting, of, of resilience, of getting past the challenges of your life. And especially, and this is kind of what's remarkable about the song coming to, a place of forgiveness. Right. I would right. say the song is like uh, forgiveness with a little bit of F you. <laughs> Definitely, around, yeah. Around the edges. And it yeah, seems clear. F, F you with kindness. Yeah, who that who that's directed at. Right. Any any thoughts before we, we dive in here, Charlie? I will just say that this is one of the most affective songs I've heard in a long time, such that when I was playing it with my wife in the car, she said, we have to play that again because it was one of those just like spine chilling moments. Um, and you're going to hear what we're talking about later on because she really is going to capture your attention. Let's start with the verse of praying. You almost had me fooled. That I was nothing without you. Oh, but after everything you've done, I can thank you for how strong I have become. Anything standing out for you, Charlie, as we listen to the verse of this new Kesha track? Yeah, the things that come out for me is that the song is firmly in the past to begin with. 
uh, were reflecting upon what has happened to her about being torn down by this person and uh, having experienced trauma. The melody is wandering. It's moving. It's all over the place. It's kind of trying to find itself. And so I think it really mimics what her experience of the past is. And I think we're going to hear that change through the song. It's going to evolve, even though underlying the entire piece, we have one chord progression that moves throughout. It stays with the same chord the entire, right. the same set of chords, more or less, the entire way through. And um, I also find it compelling that it starts on this very solemn G minor chord. That, I think, is the past. And then we move through to a major chord to F and resolve then to B flat. Hmm. And I think that that progression is the same progression that we're going to see her experience lyrically mimicking the experience of her overcoming this traumatic experience. Right. I mean, she's saying she kind of foreshadows this in the verse a little bit when she says, after everything you've done, I can thank you for how strong I have become. Right. Right. So that gives us an idea that, okay, this the delicate piano texture here, yeah. the somber G minor chord that enters us into this song, that might fall away. Right, right. All right, let's move from the verse to the pre-chorus now. Beautiful. Because you brought the flames and you put me through hell. I had to learn how to fight for myself. And we both know all the truth I could tell. I'll just say this is I wish you felt. Right, this really lights you up, Charlie. I love the pre-chorus. So what we're getting is build and movement, a shift in attitude in the song. The melody goes from this wandering, moving melody where she's trying to find herself to almost a, a one-note melody. It moves just a little bit, but it basically she's stating and asserting herself, and we've moved into the present about basically saying, hey, I wish you farewell, I've moved on, and I'm declaring it by playing this note over and over and over again, while also picking up the rhythm that we get more words there's more movement things are escalating but they're escalating from a place of being self-assured i see what you're saying like the rhythm kind of ratchets up from a duple rhythm yeah a division of one and two and to a triplet rhythm one two three two two three so it's really it's getting compressed it's getting faster she's saying you brought the flames and you put me through hell. Mm -hmm. So the, the speed of the melody is starting to gear up as we make right. our way to the chorus. Exactly. All right, let's go to that chorus now. I hope you're somewhere praying, praying. I hope your soul is changing, changing. I hope you find your peace falling It's a very ethereal chorus yeah. and seem and like reflects this narrator's uh, ability to move past all the trauma in, in her life mm -hmm. into a place of acceptance and even forgiveness. That's powerful stuff. And you, earlier you mentioned that the chords are almost constantly repetitive without right. change, right? With a few exceptions. There is an exception, and it's right here yes. at the end of this chorus. We get one of the the rare sort of harmonic deviations from this G minor, right. F major, B flat major, 
chord progression. Yes. And where do we go, Charles? We go to an E flat. Yes. We go to the subdominant from B flat up to E flat. And that's a subtle change right there, the introduction of this new chord that we haven't heard until this point. So we've added that chord at the end. Yeah, exactly. So we, that last chord only occurs at the end of the chorus. I hope your soul is changing, changing. Why is it there? What's it doing there, Charles? I hope your soul is changing, is yes. what she's saying. So she, this is a, an incredible example of text painting where she is wishing that that person's soul is changing and the, the repeating chord progression that we're hearing over and over again has a new path. It lands in a new chord and suggests that change is possible even amongst the constant repetition. I love it. And change is possible. That E-flat major chord signaling change will not let us down uh, about two-thirds through the song, something dramatic happens. There is yes. a change. We see sort of the strength that Kesha was referring to when out of nowhere, these massive drums just descend onto this song. Right. It's almost like we've moved from a ballad to a gospel. Yeah, and it's only going to escalate right. from here. Those drums are the point of no return. Right. And the gospel tip is accurate because this song has a, obviously has a lot of religious overtones. Yes. Yeah. And pretty soon Kesha is about to give us some vocal pyrotechnics that would not be out of place from someone lost in in some kind of like sermonizing fever <laughs> okay is everyone ready for this Whoa. Whoa. We've come a long way from those super auto-tuned TikTok vocals. Like, Kesha is shining. She's, that's the highest note I think I've ever heard. Can we hear that one more time? Yeah. That's in completely insane. It's, one more time? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to um, just give us an example of how she does that? <clears throat> you know, I, I laryngitis. Yeah, my my voice is just not not there right now. Um, but you you have a rather angelic voice. No, no, that's quite all right. This is the point in the song where the narrative has progressed from looking back to the past to right. being, I think, firmly in. The present. Yeah, like and almost re in rejoicing and triumphant transformation. Yes. And at this point, we have to take a brief aside to talk about the high notes throughout sure. musical history, and especially sure. this kind of high note, which is sometimes called like a whistle note. It's almost stratospherically mm. high. 
yeah. beyond falsetto. <laughs> it's extraordinary. I mean, this this brings to mind some great examples in history going back to Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Parts. This is the Queen of the Night aria. This is one of the great examples of what used to be called coloratura. We should probably bring that term back, mm. I think. What does it mean? Uh, it means... <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> wait, wait, did you introduce yourself at the beginning as a musicologist? My Italian is a little rusty. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it means. It's probably something to do with color. Yeah. And uh, Definitely. But it's very, very in- incredibly high, incredibly fast and difficult passages such as this one. And the whistle note continues into the 20th century. In fact, it kind of has a, a renaissance, I yeah. think, that it hadn't enjoyed since the, the 18th century. I mean, I think this is one of the sort of... Te- if you're talking about incredibly high notes, you can't not mention this singer. <laughs> forgot about the saxophone gotta have a saxophone yeah another singer that makes you go what did what just happened what (laughs) did i just hear uh as does that was whitney houston right i will always love you as i don't think anyone was confused (laughs) as does mariah carey in many places i think one of the the great whistle tone virtuosic passages of hers is in uh towards the end of the song Emotions. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense i don't i don't understand and uh, for our last for our last whistle tone i have kind of a wild card are you familiar with uh the singer layla hathaway no anyone here anyone here down with layla hathaway you're in for a treat singing (laughs) it's so unfair that so many people can't see your face right now (laughs) it's just i just don't it doesn't make any sense this is superhuman i mean this is literally a whistle tone like harmonized with yourself yeah layla hathaway insane in doing this taxonomy of the high note in in popular music it's 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 worth thinking about like where kesha sort of fits into these other examples of virtuosic Mm. 
singing? Like, how, how is it maybe similar and different to some of those examples we heard? You're putting me on the spot here. Uh, I think a, a lot about the Mariah Carey song. When that beat first comes in, I'm like, I want to dance. This song is super fun. And she hits those crazy notes, laughs at herself, talks about, I'm yes. going higher. But the place that she's starting from is already from a, a place of high energy. I think the way that Kesha uses that tone is that you're starting way down here and slowly building up to this high note. And so mm. the transformative nature of her vocal feels like it matches the song, whereas some of the other high notes are just impressive. Yeah, so I, I totally hear what you're saying. It's like, and I love that you mentioned Mariah Carey actually like laughing at right. herself right. after hitting those notes because it is, it's just such a technical feat. Yeah. And just something as a listener that you just kind of sit back and are astonished. Right. But Kesha doesn't seem to be wanting you to laugh. No. And I didn't even know that she could do that, right? Like having heard Kesha on the radio, I hadn't heard her entire catalog of work, but I had no idea that she was such a powerful vocalist. And so in some ways, I also see her referencing all of her earlier work sort of in an antithesis mm. and saying, by the way, I'm a super legit artist. I write my stuff, which is another one of her songs. She, her choruses, I write my stuff. I, <laughs> she makes the money. Yeah. The song's called Woman. It's a great tune. So she writes her stuff, she sings her stuff, she's written for lots of other people. Right. Uh, she's a master, and she's a master at her art. So she's showing all of that while she's also matching the narrative of this piece, which is overcoming major adversity and demonstrating it through joy and transformation. Mm, totally, and like sort of repurposing this virtuosic high note mm, in the process yeah. for her own narrative yeah. of resilience. Okay. We're going to fast forward to the very last moment of this song. Literally the last moment of this song because I think it's worth uh, discussing for a moment. So if we just flash forward to the very end of this song, there's something that happens that's almost unnoticeable that I find really fascinating. So here's the very end of Praying. Did the piano go out of tune? No, it's not the piano I'm interested in. One more time. She catches her breath. Yeah. Mm. What's that about? Let's open it up to the in-studio <laughs> audience. What do we make of this halted breath at the end of Kesha's narrative of resilience? What is it's a very weird. It almost sounds like she's about to sing something. And then doesn't. Mm. What, do, what does that mean? Uh, she's still ongoing with her court case, and, and there must be things that she's not allowed to say or do. And so there's this moment of wanting to say more, but she's caught up. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like in the uh, pre-chorus when she sings, and we both know all the truth I could tell. And so then at the very end, she's like, I could, but I'm not. This time. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Does anyone else want to offer an interpretation? I don't think you should because that was <laughs> by far the best one we'll get. <laughs> I was thinking that it was a moment of vulnerability to hear someone's breath like that so intimately. Mm. And that could also be true, but I think what, what you said is, is even better. So there's probably much more to uncover about this new anthemic track from Kesha, Praying. Yeah. But we're going to take 
a quick break and come back and examine another song rocketing up the charts that also is an anthem of resilience when we return beautiful there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. To switch on pop, on side B, we turn to another song, currently number four on the the Billboard Hot 100. It's a song that also has religious overtones and a song that is a narrative of struggle and overcoming pain. This is Imagine Dragons Believer. And if you're familiar with Imagine Dragons, you're probably familiar with them from their hit song, Radioactive. And in their new song, Believer, they continue many of the musical themes of Radioactive. Huge percussion, batteries, Massive sing-along choruses, an incredible rhythmic drive, yep. lots of big bassy synthesizers and yeah. searing electric guitars. Let's listen to the verse and get acquainted with the world of Believer. First things first, I'm going to say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been, oh. Man, what's the first thing you hear in this song, Charlie? You cut it short. I did. I did cut it a little short. The introduction, I think, has the most important piece. All right, let's listen to the very beginning. Keep me, keep me kosher here, Charles. That. 
Do it again. That synthesizer that is synthesizer, the very beginning. That synthesizer is the whole song for me. Really? Tell yes. me more. Well, the whole song uh, we're going to discover is about pain and overcoming pain. I think that that synthesizer represents that feeling of pain. I mean, it's a painful sound, and we're going to hear it transform from this introductory element, which is, I mean, honestly, at first, off-putting. You don't know where you're going to land. That could be, you could hear that in a horror film. Yeah, it is very menacing. But then you get a beat. Okay, so you follow that beat. And that womp sound is actually buried in the verse. We heard it in the verse. They filter it out so it's not as strong so we can hear the vocalist. Uh. But it recurs throughout the entire track. It ends up being the hook of the chorus that we're going to get to as well. Oh, so that sound that we heard at the very beginning is sort of like the telltale heart of this piece. Like it'll come back again and again, even if we don't notice it at first. I'd say that it's chronic. Okay, so you, okay, you, you're talking about pain, Charles, and that means we have to go to the chorus of this song because this chorus is all about pain. And this chorus is where the song really comes alive. And it all hinges on that moment of suspense we get at the very beginning of the chorus where we might expect a sound there on the downbeat. And instead, we are met with nothing but a great whooshing silence before rushing in to occur only on the third beat of this measure, an eternity in popular music. (laughs) Do we get the actual hook of this song? (laughs) And it is... Pain. And let's just hang out in the chorus for a second because I think if you want to talk about this song as describing an arc of working through struggle and heartache and learning how to overcome pain itself Hmm. to become a believer, I guess, in whatever higher power sort of exercises you from that. Right. This is the moment because I feel when we, every time we hear that word pain, we are going through some kind of emotional tunnel or something. Well, I think it's really important to note that often on our show, we don't go into the author's personal narrative because we really want to see songs speak for themselves. But I think like the Kesha track, the narrator's point of view is really important. The lead singer of Imagine Dragons has uh, two chronic diseases chronic arthritis and ulcerative colitis, both of which can cause immense chronic pain. And so this experience that we're getting through the song of this pain moment coming through at every moment, at the very beginning, is the first thing we hear. It's underneath the verse, even though he's singing and sort of claiming his space, right? He says, first thing first, and he's going to tell you his story. And underneath it, we can still hear that pain motif. First things first, I'm going to say all the words inside my head. When we get into the chorus, it introduces the chorus. Hey, you me up, you me up, 
and then it gets picked up by the guitar. Almost escalated, like that pain is emanating throughout its entire body. Right. And then in the chorus, it kind of explodes into the picture. Yes. Because we hear that synthesizer on the word pain, right? Right. There it is again, lurking. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting because that this sort of complicates my interpretation oh. a little bit because the pain is always still there right. in your reading of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's ebbing and flowing, I think, with some sort of control asserted by the singer and that I'm hearing it as that pain is his teacher. It's always there. He can't necessarily do anything with the pain. It's not going to go away. These are both incurable chronic diseases that he has. So that musically what we're getting is it's all throughout the song, but at some point it makes itself very poignant and you can't escape it. Hmm. And then even when it's at its strongest, it's during the chorus when he is saying, hey, pain, you've made me a believer. I'm able to overcome this pain even when you're most present in my life and take my space and, and, um, and, and share that with the whole world of thousands of people in a stadium singing along. Mm. That's deep. So not trying to abolish pain. No, but accept Th- it, accept it and live yeah. with it. Yeah. In that respect, this song might have more in common with the Kesha track than I realized. What were you I, thinking? Well, in the sense that I think both of them are sort of narratives of acceptance with mm. very different lenses. Right. Right. Because this song is loud and hyper rhythmic right and aggressive and sort of a a rather dark vision i think Mm. of of pain and the kesha song is rather triumphant and delicate and Mm. but i think they're dealing with similar themes and there's actually maybe uh, a direct link between these two songs which is they use the same chords one minor and one major yeah yeah because the Kesha song, as we talked about, goes from G minor to F major to B flat. All right. And then all we have to do to get to the world of believers to make that B flat major into a B flat minor. Mm. And now oh, yeah. all of a sudden we're in the home key of believer, which has a very similar progression mm. going from B flat minor. Mm. So this time it starts on the, the, home, key. the home key, but still... B flat minor to G flat major, which is the minor equivalent of the G minor we had in Kesha, and then to F major. Right. So if you were to sort of count it out, they go, they go through the same cycle of the same number chords. Yes. It's, they're slightly transmuted. but Exactly. It's, it's, they're made up of both the same collection of chords starting on the one of the scale, the six of the scale, and the five of the scale. Right. And, but the Kesha is in major and the Imagine Dragons is in minor, which it obviously matches the rest of the feel of both of these songs. One which feels more overcoming and one which is sort of living in that pain. Totally. And this, I think, is a moment to, to pause now and open it up to everyone and reflect on what each of these songs might offer us. Granted, we've only you've only been just introduced to these two tracks, but between Kesha's praying and Imagine Dragon's believer, which would you do you think you would turn to as a source of resilience and strength or a 
some sort of beacon in hard times. I mean, I think praying is much more affecting because it's just much more raw and, you know, less affected and more affecting. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the breath at the end. It's much more like I'm opening myself up and less like I've made this narrative about my own pain. Yeah. I see what you mean. There is kind of, it is a very sort of Nietzschean sort of like <laughs> uber menschy yeah. approach to struggling through pain, Kampfunzig sort of. <laughs> and perhaps in this, in this sort of crazy time in which we're living, that's not what we really need hmm. in hmm. order to, for catharsis. It basically makes you feel strong when you're in pain is hearing someone else going through pain and being vulnerable in an intimate moment. Or maybe for other people, it's seeing a display of force. And maybe that's the difference between those who'd be attracted to each of those songs. It's like you bring up the moment right now, uh, and I don't know which way that cuts, um, because the Imagine Dragon song being about living with pain and being a sort of harsher feel sounds a little more where we are America, twenty summer 2017. You know, it's not as hopeful as the Kesha song, and there's something appropriate about, you know, the song that we turn to being a song of a woman who, you know, has overcome, um, has overcome a lot and has gotten past her, the people who have stood in her way. There's, there's like, there's like a counter history, mm. like counterfactual yeah. to that that's huh. nice to live in for a little bit. He says, this is the second line, I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. You could almost see that on a political sign, running around, rallying, sick of tired of the way things have been. I think that probably different audiences might even hear that differently. Also, Kesha is talking to us more. Mm. And this is more, the, uh, the Amanda Dragon song is more about him, personally. Mm-hmm. Even though, obviously, her narrative is still, but you know, mm-hmm. it's much more second person. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that's a special, that's a certain kind of strength to turn around and forgive the person who hurt you and damaged you that's like ultimately the more sort of powerful gesture the cashier song is also like more specific in its in its detail like the imagine dragon song could be you know because most people who are listening to kesha have heard at least something about her ordeal with dr luke like it's a much more public struggle um than you know the imagine dragon's you know, singers' medical history and, and right. chronic illnesses, which are still horrible, but, like, it's... I think the, the pain in that song is abstracted to a level where, like, that right. could be a song about a breakup. That could be a song about, you know, I had a really bad day and, like, somebody cut me in the grocery counter, you know, the grocery yeah. checkout right. line. Right. Right. Like, we don't have any signals about, like, really what the scale of that pain is, where with, with Kesha, like, everyone knows what she is talking about. So in the second stanza, he says... Second thing second, don't you tell me what you think that I could be. I'm the one at the sale. I'm the master of my sea. Second thing second, don't you tell me what you think that I can be. I'm the one at the sale. I'm the master of my sea. Oh, ooh, the master of my sea. Oh, and I actually was not aware of that until I clicked on Genius, which you can do. And he's actually referencing the poem Invictus. This is a William Ernst Henley poem, a Victorian poet, and he has the line, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. So it's suggested that perhaps he's 
making a reference here, maybe intentionally or not, but the, the, even the metaphor of being at sea, you're right, goes directly to the abstract rather than to the personal. And I remember hearing that for the first time and I'm thinking, I don't quite see how this relates to that first stanza where you've just taken me to a different narrative point of view. Any final thoughts about this, uh, about Imagine Dragons Orchestra, Charlie? Uh, there was another great moment of text painting in this song, and I love text painting. Ooh, where was that? Oh, you missed it. I was broken from a young age, taking my soak into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache, from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lesson from the brain, seeing the beauty through the... He says, I was broken from a young age taking my sulking to the masses, writing my poems for the few that look to me, took to me, shook to me, feeling me that look to me, took to me, shook to me, feeling me is an incredible example of text painting. I was broken from a young age, taking my soak into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache. Interesting that it's like illustrating all the people trying to take things from him. I think it's illustrating, look at me. So he's grabbing your attention, right? Even though you didn't quite know what the words were the first time you heard it. It's super rhythmic, right? And so all of a sudden you're like, ooh, what is that? So look to me, shook to me. And so you're like, it's grabbing your attention, wanting you to move. Maybe he is taking a very different narrative point of view, maybe being more abstract about his personal experience of pain. But he's using some really great songwriting techniques to grab our attention, even if it's at a really visceral level. I I love that the way that he does that. In dark times, it's nice to know that the radio dial has some salvation on offer. And right now, depending mm-hmm. on what you need, if your anthem of resilience is one of forgiveness or one of sort of living with pain, you can find those. Kesha and Imagine Dragons are here. No. Thank you to our incredible studio audience <laughs> here on Block Island and to all those listening at home this was certainly a less ebullient sort of topic than the last time we did a live show. <laughs> Thank you for your evening entertainment. Yeah. And it was it was possibly foreshadowed by the solar eclipse that we all mm. witnessed today mm. when the skies turned dark and the temperature dropped. And it does seem like the days of summer are coming to an end. I hate to keep closing on such emotional... Reaching for extended (laughs) metaphors. I think it's beautiful. (laughs) Switched on Pop is produced by me, Nate Sloan. And me, Charlie Harding. Edited by the incredible Bill Lance. Our design is done by Luke Harris. We're a proud member of the Panoply Network. You can catch more episodes of Switched on Pop at switchedonpop.com. Get in touch with us at contact at switchedonpop.com. And on Twitter at switchedonpop. It would mean a lot to us if you would leave us an iTunes review. Mm -hmm. We're going to be back again in two weeks. Back to our regular schedule. Until then, thanks thanks for listening. For listening. Thank you, everybody. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.